Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, and uh, broadcasting in Philadelphia today. If you're catching it on the podcast, welcome to the program. Welcome, everybody. Now, we've got some bad news. There have been two cops that have been shot, NYPD officers. One of them was pronounced dead. The other one, uh, there's reports that he's dead. There's reports that he is uh, fighting for his life. I'm not going to make that pronouncement just yet. Uh, but it, his prognosis is not expected to be a good one. And we're going to get to that in a moment. We're also going to have a New York City Councilwoman join us to give us the play-by-play on what's going on with that. But I want to talk about what's going on in Philly right now. And over the uh, last couple of days, just lots of things happened. And there was a New York City police officer killed. And the suspect is from the Lehigh Valley, Allentown. His name, LaShawn McNeil. And this is uh, according to uh, Channel 6 ABC Philadelphia. New York City police officer was killed and another is in critical condition as of Friday, answering a call about an argument between a woman and her adult son. Officials said that making this, uh, I think, four officers shot in the last four days, and there might have been another one. Now, these guys are just three weeks into their jobs, and we're talking about Eric Adams, who's a former police captain, and police commissioner Keyshawn Sewell. And they had to give this address at a podium at a hospital in Harlem, New York. Now, this is, you know, I don't wish this on any incoming mayor, whether I like them or not. I don't wish this on any officer. But this is where he's at in office a couple of weeks. It's sad. Here's what the police chief said. She said countless officers lined the hallway after carrying him in and grieving for their wounded brother while praying with everything they had for the other. Man, it's so sad. You know, uh, two of my brothers were cops. I mentioned that earlier. And uh, one of my brothers actually was attacked. They tried to kill him. So, you know, I read stuff like this and I think, man, you know, my brother was one of the fortunate ones. This this uh, brother in blue was not. She went on to say, I'm struggling to find the words to express the tragedy that we're enduring. And uh, this is just horrible. And she added that we're mourning and we're angry. Mayor Adams said, this is not just an attack on those brave officers, but this is an attack on the city of New York itself. Adams called for federal authorities to do more to round up stolen guns. More of this federalization. You know, it's funny, pausing from this article for a second. I have family still in NYPD uh, that work in counterterrorism, that train the counterterrorism people. And NYPD is an incredibly capable police department, as most are, honestly. You know, most cops are very capable. They're very smart people. They're very diligent workers. And to, to... totally just say, you know, we have to call on federal authorities. Sir, how about calling on the mayor of the city of New York? Sir, how about looking in the mirror and saying, we're going to get tough on this? We just talked about a little bit of that in the last segment. 
where Carrie Pickett from the Washington Times said uh, that she tweeted out this old photo, and I described that photo to you. The activists on the left, the people that Adams supported, I mean, he may not have been a radical leftist, but he didn't shy away from them. There was support, albeit tacit at some times, for this movement to get cops out of the subways, cops here, cops there, no more cops, right? Defund the police. And now to say that we have to call on our federal partners. I think that's a disgrace. And he needs to be called out for it. And we need better, right? This, This is not very different from what's happening in Philly and in so many cities across America. But he went on saying, there's no gun manufacturers in New York City. We don't make guns here. How are we removing thousands of guns off the street and they still find their way into New York City, into the hands of people who are killers? I can answer that for you, sir. And I can say when Michael Bloomberg was mayor of New York and skyrocketed the charts with stop and frisk and said that you should throw young black men against the wall, it didn't help the cause. Stop and frisk, stop question and frisk, great policy. Worked to keep a lot of people safe and keep guns off the street. And guess what happens now? It got abused. They did away with it. And now you have this. You've got cops that are telling, you know, other cops, you know, command cops telling the beat cop, we have to, you know, hold off on arresting people because the DA won't prosecute. You've got the mayor saying, we're going to bring in mediators that are going to focus on mental health. Violence interrupters, they're called. Yeah, a violence interrupter. So when this woman is having a fight with her adult son and they get into this disturbance, they want a violence interrupter to come. Maybe the violence interrupter would have showed up and gotten shot instead of the cop. But that's not what happened. And the cop didn't shoot himself. The bad guy shot the cop, a guy that has a bulletproof vest and a gun because his job is dangerous. What kind of violence interrupter do you want to show up to a disturbance in your house? I want the armed one. And even in this case, one of them didn't fare so well and the other one is hanging on for his life. The case for violence interrupters, I think, has been made. It's ineffective. Anyway, the NYPD chief of detectives, James Essig, said McNeil swung open a bedroom door and opened fire at the officers striking them. Just like that. Imagine a violence interrupter. They would have been interrupted. Their life would have been interrupted. The officer who was killed was identified as 22-year-old Jason Rivera, God rest his soul, who joined the force in November of 2020. And the wounded officer, Wilbert Mora, 27 years old, been with the NYPD for four years. My prayers to their families. As McNeil tried to flee, a third officer who stayed with McNeil's mother in front of the apartment shot at McNeil and wounded him in the head and the arm, according to Essex. McNeil is alive and hospitalized in critical condition according to um, NYPD spokesperson. Sewell and Adams did not take questions at the press conference at the hospital. McNeil was on probation for a 2003 drug conviction in New York City, and his last known address is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. He also had several out-of-state arrests. In 1998, he was arrested in South Carolina for unlawfully carrying a pistol, but records show the matter was later dismissed. Well, of course it was dismissed. I mean, obviously, if you're if you have an illegal gun, the ideal thing here is to dismiss it so that you can move around state to state, not be incarcerated and live to kill a cop a few years later. Right? In this case, 
more than 20 years later. I mean, just I'm beside myself with this. This is the definition of a career criminal. And I believe in redemption. Police said he used a, a gun, a 45 caliber Glock with a high capacity magazine capable of holding 40 extra rounds. Wow. Which had been stolen in Baltimore in 2017. Friday night shooting happened in a street level apartment in a six story apartment building on a block between two iconic avenues in Harlem, Malcolm X Boulevard and Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. It came three nights after an officer was wounded in the leg in the Bronx during a struggle with a teenager who also shot himself. On Thursday, a narcotics detective was shot in the leg on Staten Island. Under Adams's watch, the NYPD has reinstated a plainclothes anti-crime unit aimed at getting guns off the streets. The unit had been disbanded in 2020 over concerns. It accounted for a disproportionate number of shootings and complaints. So sad. The NYPD has also partnered with prosecutors, city and federal agencies in recent months on a task force that meets daily and works to track gun violence and accelerate gun tracing and building cases against shooters and gun traffickers. I mean, all of that's well and good. But I think some standard policing, some very uh, common sense, like we opened up the program talking about, common sense solutions to keeping communities safe, not creating a haven where it's almost welcomed to be a lawbreaker, where it's almost welcomed to do those types of things. That whole broken windows theory, I think it makes some sense. Anyway, uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this with Councilwoman Vicky Palladino. She's joining us in the next segment. And you may have heard of her. She, uh, When she was running for office, she had gotten right in the face of Mayor Bill de Blasio and kind of uh, shaking her fist and wagging her finger in his face, telling him that enough was enough. And uh, she made some big headlines when she was with, uh, with the young Republicans out there defending the Teddy Roosevelt statue at the Museum of Natural History in New York City, right in Manhattan. And she's a, a firebrand for sure. And now she's a sitting and sworn councilwoman in the city of New York. We're going to get her reaction to this as well as what's going on with vaccine mandates in the city. And, of course, your reactions and your calls, 855-839-1210. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. And if you want to chime in on any of the social media, I'm at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. 
Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, welcome back. Philly Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. And we are here with you guys till 3 p.m. 855-839-1210 is the number. I'm at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And we were just talking about what's going on with uh, this depravity of humanity I'm looking at this one headline here. It says, Pennsylvania man accused of beating woman to death with a pipe while she was seated at office reception desk. That happened right around the way. And, of course, we just talked about what happened with these police officers in New York City. And to get a better understanding of that, we've got uh, Councilwoman Vicki Palladino from District 19 in New York City. Uh, she's on the line, and I want to thank her for joining us. Vicki, welcome to the program. Hi, Rich. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are going to love Vicky. She is a firebrand, old school Italian, tells it like it is, loves America, loves God, and just loves her neighborhood and, and sticking up for what's right. So, Vicky, uh, obviously, congratulations on your big city council win. And I, I want to get your sense of, you know, obviously, it's a horrible story. And, you know, I want to get an idea of, you know, you know, what you know about it, and then we'll pivot a little bit to what, is going to be done to remedy this from happening again, at least from the purview of government? Mm -hmm. Good question. All right. Well, uh, as far as we got word last evening, uh, early evening, uh, that uh, uh, an officer was taken down in Harlem. Actually, the original, what went out originally was that uh, two police officers were shot. Ambushed was the word that was used that came to me. Um, we did not know that it was going to, that was two. It, 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 we thought two were murdered. We found out one was murdered, 22 years old, uh, hold back name until the, uh, families are notified. Then we found out that, uh, the police officer number two, uh, was rushed to the hospital in critical condition. What happened was they were answering a, um, domestic call, domestic violence call, but not through a husband and a wife. It was a mother and a son. And when they went into the apartment, uh, the apartment is situated as such that there's a living room, a small kitchen, and then down a long, narrow hallway is where the bedrooms are. Uh, This officer proceeded uh, down the hallway, and the 47-year-old mentally deranged uh, drug-addicted uh, felon uh, of a son came out and proceeded to open fire on police off- on our police officer. He went down. Shots were fired from where the other police officer was with the mother, and uh, they killed the suspect, but not before taking down our other police officer, who is now in uh, critical condition. So where he was awaiting surgery as of, or he was in surgery as of eight o'clock this morning. So this is, um, this is, this is an ambush. It's five cops so far since our new mayor came into office 
at the beginning of January. Uh, that's a lot. We're, we're not heading down a positive path here at all. So it's devastating news to us as New Yorkers, and it's uh, absolutely devastating to our police officers. So demoralizing yeah, once again. Yeah, and, and you're right. And, and I say, you know, of course, it's horrible when anybody's killed, let alone a police officer. And, you know, in Philadelphia, they celebrated or, you know, and I say celebrated tongue in cheek, right? I'm, I'm because Larry mm-hmm. Krasner is this pro-crime prosecutor that doesn't prosecute a mm-hmm. damn thing. But they, mm-hmm. they marked the 500th homicide in Philadelphia not too long ago. And now you've got this brand new start with a new pro-crime prosecutor, Alvin Bragg. That's in New York yep. City, and we're seeing yep. a similar trend, and it's alarming yes. to me. And I think I understand that you know, as a conservative Republican, politically you're in the minority, but I have to think that you're in the majority when it comes to keeping citizens safe and people alive, because that's what elected officials are all there to do. What what is the sense that you're getting from you know your um, time in City Hall and being on the City Council? What's the next step? What is Mayor Adams? What is the council going to do to make sure that action is taken? Well, uh, first off, the fact that Bragg won this election uh, is 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 a blow. First of all, they had he had a very good candidate running against him in Tom Kniff. And uh, you like you stated prior had if people really paid attention to elections, Rich, and did their homework, or just, damn it, get up off your behinds and go and vote, um, they would have realized, I mean, he, he blurted it out there, who, what he stands for. Uh, this was not a closed book that we had to wait till January 1 to find out who Bragg was. Uh, Bragg made it very clear uh, that he's not for prosecuting anything over and above uh, rape, and that has to be proven, and some, some murders. Uh, he doesn't believe in felonies. Um, everything seems to be uh, going to be taken very lightly, desk appearance tickets. This is what New Yorkers were looking at in the borough of Manhattan, and yet the man won. So you have to shake your head in, a, in absolute disbelief because a city like ours, like you said, you would think the majority of the people now would have realized what's at stake, having come coming off of eight years of a de Blasio disaster, that they would have really woken up and said, you know what, we better get out and vote. The low turnout was pathetic. Bragg got in, and now we have a man that is not fit to hold office of DA of the borough of Manhattan, which is such an important DA is one of the most important uh, roles a person can hold in any borough, let alone the borough of Manhattan. Yeah. And and not to mention in a situation like this one, Harlem, that's Manhattan. So, you know, we can expect happened not far from where he lives. I understand. So we can expect, you know, more softball and pussyfooting around the issues. Now I just read an article before I brought you on, where Mayor Adams says, you know, we're going to, you know, um, lean on our uh, on our federal government and ask them why so many illegal guns are on the street. And I'm thinking, oh. uh, you know, I, I, my brothers were on the job NYPD. I think they're very capable. I, I think if you let the cops do their jobs, 
Correct. You'd have a lot less crime. But when you have guys like Bragg and you have cops that are being told by other cops, senior to them, saying, hey, look, you know, don't even lock these guys up because they're going to be right back on the street. We're going to give them, like you said, a desk appearance ticket or as some have called it, a disappearance ticket because they never come back. It's a catch and release system. And what are some of your ideas on how to change that? I know you alone as one council member can't make this change, but what would you like to see happen? And what is it that you guys are working toward? What would like to see happen is a a, a solid dose of reality. Uh, We cannot continue to placate the radicals on the left. Uh, Adams, I'm hoping, uh, again, with a very optimistic attitude, uh, he's only three weeks on the job, as am I. Uh, He ran on a uh, pro-cop, semi-pro-cop strategy in his in his uh, campaign. And he's Uh, an ex-cop. I would hope that he he is an ex-cop. Yes. Uh, What a lot of people don't know is Adams was a uh, transit officer uh, before he transferred to the NYPD, uh, where I believe he took early retirement. But I'm hoping that Adam stands up. Now, he put in a very good police commissioner. I have not yet met her, but I do know people who worked with her shoulder to shoulder and uh, for her. She comes from Nassau County. Now, you cannot compare Nassau County uh, to New York City. Uh, The number of police officers that she has under her right now is nowhere near what she had to do in Nassau. But she is a hardline uh, hardline police officer. I hope to God that she is not persuaded or dissuaded from not doing her job because she came on pretty hardcore. Like she was going to prosecute. She was going to follow through and give cops their power back. We need to unshackle our cops. We're saying this now, Rich, how long? Eight years, eight years. We've been saying unshackle our police. We didn't realize how shackled they were until they took COVID and made that the topic of conversation instead of crime. So uh, I hope that she and Adams will work together and, and do what needs to be done. And he, they need to take a hard line here. Uh, Adams, need to, Adams needs to stop blowing in the breeze left to right, left to right. This is, this is powerful. This is powerful yeah, stuff I, what happened last night. And I, I also think a lot of pressure has to be put on the people that actually charge him, which isn't the police. It's the prosecutor. The prosecutor that has to have a commitment to upholding law. And uh, we're going to continue with you. I want to get into some of the the drama that you went through with uh, since getting elected to the New York City Council, Vicky Palladino, with respect to vaccine mandates and all of that crazy stuff. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Our guest, Vicki Palladino, Councilwoman, City of New York. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. 
Jack Billy, welcome back. Rich Valdez with an S here with you straight till 3 o'clock. Our phone number is 855-839-1210. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT used to be the big talker. And this is where the revolution will be broadcast. And uh, always happy to be here with you guys. And I'm here with um, Councilwoman. She was Councilwoman-elect, but she's uh, since taken office. Vicki Palladino, New York City Councilwoman. Vicki Palladino, welcome back. Thanks, Rich. Here I am. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> All right. Now, and I want I want the audience to get to know you because I think th- there is no, in my opinion, no better advocate for we the people in in terms of uh, anywhere. Honestly, I think you know if we took you and we dropped you off in Boca Raton or if we dropped you in Philly, you'd you'd be equally as effective as a member of council because I think it's for you that's in your DNA to be a fighter to stand up for what you believe is right. So tell me just a little bit, just so they can get to know you. Why did you even decide? Who are you? And why did you decide to run for city council at this point of your life? I've lived in, I was born and raised here. Uh, I've been a fighter since I'm a little kid. Uh, and I was little. I weighed all of maybe 70 pounds. Stood about four foot two back in grammar school in the sixth grade. And I was pulling bullies off of the kids getting beat up in the schoolyard. I didn't care. I spoke my mind. Uh, my mother went to school many times because I spoke my mind. And that was always okay with my mother. So the encouragement I always got from home was so long as you say things the right way, no one has the right to shut you down. So I took that straight through to high school. And uh, later in life, I opened up my own businesses. I fought for things in high school, too. Remember, I come from the Vietnam War era. I am 67 years old. I'd like to think of myself as a very spry 67-year-old. And uh, I'm a fighter. Always was, always will be. I don't like being told what to do. And we've I seen don't that. Like big, and you've seen it, exactly. Uh, you know, I come from a big Italian family, and everybody talking at the same time, anybody out there knows what goes on at the Italian table, and everybody thinks you're yelling when you're not. Uh, you're just speaking in your normal tone. So uh, when sounds all like this Puerto Ricans. happen, <laughs> what's that? It sounds like uh, dinner at a Puerto Rican home. Exactly. I mean, we're all the same, basically, when it comes to the, you know, that hot blood. I mean, it's just what it's just who and what we are. So and people like to uh, disparage that. Uh, People like to discourage that. So fortunately, I was raised in a home where it was encouraged. So when I came out, uh, I was never for the Vietnam War, but I was never uh, I stood up for my my veterans. I stood like today I'm on the Veterans Committee because a lot of my friends were being drafted at the time and they had to serve. And uh, I would never allow anybody to march against the Vietnam War, though I knew it wasn't the right thing. I knew there were guys going over there being, uh, you know, it it was a disaster. Jungle warfare, never been in jungle warfare before. Mm -hmm. I threw myself in head over heels. That then put me in some sort of political spectrum. And again, keep in mind the age here. 15, 16 years old. I got married at 20. Uh, My husband and I married 47 years. And whether I was fighting for things in my neighborhood, fighting for things in my, for my kids and their education, uh, spinning off into my own business with my husband. And then later in business with my sister, Joanne, I always stayed political. I always stayed with my hand on the pulse. And that brought you to the city council. Now in the city council, you know, we had a lot of stuff going down here with the mandates. 
mandates. What is a mandatory mandate? Mandatory mandate, they, they made it so that uh, it was one thing about masks and all that other stuff. But then what they did was after two years, they gave birth to COVID again. We got the new variant, Omicron. Okay, I believe it's called. It sounds like something out of Star Trek. And what they did was they decided to strip our teachers of their right to teach unless they were vaccinated. Uh, religious exemptions really were difficult to get. If impossible, uh, then uh, they went for medical exemptions, which were given out very rarely. Uh, then they went after our healthcare workers, who again were on the front line uh, during 2020, and now they weren't allowed unless they were vaccinated. Then we came across our city workers, whether they be firemen, policemen, garbage men, or sanitation workers, I should say, uh, any form of uh, city government workers were not allowed to work unless they were vaccinated. But the, but the, the real switch to this was the fact that they were going to go on leave without pay, but they were not allowed to seek employment elsewhere. So what the hell is that telling you? That is telling somebody who is a school teacher or who is a, uh, a medical worker or a city employee that they cannot earn, they cannot earn a living elsewhere. So not only were they telling them they had to get the vaccine, but they were saying to the people that you weren't allowed to put bread on your table. You are not right. allowed, you're not able to pay your mortgage if you can't earn a living. It and is Vicky, ridiculous. I just want to jump in here. This is an interesting topic because I want to get to your story of what, you know, you said they went after this one, they went after that one, and ultimately they went after you, and not just city oh, council yeah. people in general, but you personally. But it, with respect yes. to mandates, earlier this week, we saw that, you know, certain companies, and I'll get into mm-hmm. this a little bit more later, but I want to bring up the headline, that Carhartt was one of them, the, you know, the workwear that you see, the people wear dickies yeah, my and other wears stuff. those clothes. Yeah. Well, Carhartt mm-hmm. decided to stick with its COVID-19 vac- uh, vaccine mandate, despite the court saying that it didn't have to, because employers oh, have wow. this individual right. And, and it's fascinating to me that this is happening. So you look at that, I think, and I say, wow. You know, it's not all that different from what you're experiencing because the, the federal courts have now said they, you don't have to mandate this. So if you don't have right. to mandate it, why is it happening? But yet the city of New York, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, they told you, hey, guess what? If you want to come to the city council chambers and observe from the gallery, be my guest. You could be homeless and walk in. No vaccine passport, no problem. Come on in. Correct. But if you're an elected representative of the people that was sworn mm-hmm. to represent these people and mm-hmm. voted in, with your name on a ballot, mm-hmm. you've got to show a vaccine passport. And when you said, I'm mm-hmm. not doing it, they said, well, then you mm-hmm. can't step foot on the chamber floor. Is that right? That is correct. And the hypocrisy of this whole thing is one of the things you just stated. I mean, I took a hardcore line. I said, absolutely, I will not show you my papers. Now, nobody out there should think that Vicky Palladino, and I had to make this very clear here in New York, especially, uh, I'm not anti-vax. You know, I'm anti-medical, I am pro-medical freedom. Uh, I am anti-anything that tells people, show me your papers in order to go out to eat or to, do, or to hold employment, to do anything. I am against that. Now, here's the hypocrisy in City Hall. 
uh, like you brought up about the gallery. The gallery reaches out. It's a small room. It's a grand room. It, on, on TV, it looks quite grand city chambers. And it's a wonderful feeling to be in there. However, the gallery reaches out close to halfway over our heads. So anybody could come in off the street and and view what goes on in City Hall, which is quite an experience. And it's very nice. Uh, but they don't need to show any proof. So I was infuriated. I said, so you mean to tell me that anybody could be over my head? Any citizen could walk in off the street, not show proof of vaccination, not show a negative COVID test, and they could sit over my head coughing and sneezing, and it really doesn't matter. I earned the right to be there by, the, by being an elected official, and we the people voted for Vicky the Vicky Palladino to be there. And you're telling me I'm not allowed on the floor? Well, that's a bunch of baloney. Okay, so let me just backtrack one sec. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Also, the same people I mingle with in city chambers, we have what's called a lounge area, which is quite lovely. Do you know the you don't VIP have to wear room. a mask there? You wow. don't have to wear a mask No there? mask in the VIP. That's correct. No mask. I could sit there and have a cup of coffee with whoever I want to, a bagel, whatever I want to have, lunch, whatever I want to have, and nobody's wearing a mask. But yet those same people are going to walk with me onto chambers floors, and the mask has got to be on your face. Think That's of fascinating. it. Yeah, it's, it's you know, clearly it's, political theater. It's political theater. So when you listen to this, a lot of people don't know this, Rich. So when you hear this out of somebody's, because nobody talks about it, nobody says where you, you know, when you walk into City Hall, as grand as it is, you must wear a mask. Well, sure, of course, that's fine. Now you go upstairs to Chambers, you have to wear your mask in Chambers. But the, VI, the area I'm talking about, and there's another room downstairs, the one room I'm talking about is right off Chambers floor, no mask. And then if you come in and stay on the ground floor, there's also an area for us to go eat there. And there's no mask requirement. So COVID only hits chambers? Is that how it goes? <laughs> it's a, it's so a new variant. The it's the chambers variant. Very highly transmissible it, when yeah, you have politicians you voting. Name it the chambers variant. Exactly. <laughs> so I choose to stick to my guns. And... Um, no one will ever know whether I am vaccinated or not because it's nobody's business. I will say this. I did have COVID. Uh, I know what it's like. I had the real COVID. Uh, I know I have a very good friend who almost died from COVID. Uh, it's not that Vicky is one of these people who flounce around saying there's no such thing as COVID. Yes, there was a such thing as COVID, but now let's knock it off. Okay, this is the Omicron variant, and they are dictating by fear. This is all media-driven, being shoved down everybody's throats, and their word is fear. We cannot have this. See, they saw us take a knee in 2020. And to be honest, uh, three months, March, April, uh, March, April, and May, I did as I was told. I will take a knee no longer. A but lot of it's, people. It's only fifteen days do. to flatten the curve, Vicky. Fifteen days to yeah, flatten 15, the curve. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well, we're into well over two years now, 
and uh, this has turned into a fear-mongering. And the sad, sad, saddest part for us here in, in New York uh, and other, other uh, states and cities that are run solely by Democrats and radical socialist Democrats is that we are led to believe that uh, we are in a situation where we have no say because mm. it's a one-party rule. Well, you know what? For those who disagree, it's time for you to stand up and say you disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for people to just go forward and live their lives. Think about this. Think about the generations that are being, the generation that's being lost. I'm coming into generations because the first generation we lost in 2020 were from the ages of 16 to 25. Now they are implementing this fear into five and six year olds. And the parents are taking a knee to this and getting their kids vaccinated at five and six years old. Now, wait a minute. I'm not against vaccines, remember. But in order to go to a movie or to go out to dinner with their parents, they are being asked to show proof of vaccination. This is and that's absolutely absurd. It's absurd. And Vicky, uh, with a minute absurd. to go, I, I want to fast forward to. So they're saying to you, right, the conservative, patriotic, Trump supporting Republican councilwoman that wins a city council election in New York City. Mm-hmm. If that's not a headline mm-hmm. in and of itself. But now they're saying, hey, look, if you won't show us your proof, even though people can go to the gallery and your colleagues can go right off to the side right here where you're going to vote every day and give your speech and do your job. You're not allowed to step foot on the city council chamber's floor to cast a vote unless you do X, Y, and Z and show these paperwork um, and vaccine right. mandates and whatnot. So, right. Well, I'm in to, the process to, right now. All right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say just get us the, to where you are today and how, where, how we resolve this. Okay. Well, I was on chamber's floor this past yeah. Thursday and I was given a waiver. So I think the message is very clear that I made it very clear uh, that very first Wednesday, two weeks ago, uh, that I will step aside that one Wednesday so that Adrian Adams can have her moment. And I never wanted to uh, discredit uh, the election I ran for. I didn't want to. Vicky, I don't want to cut day. you off, but I've got about 30 right. seconds to go. But right now they gave you a waiver. Are you allowed to vote by the city council? I was granted a waiver by the city council. So you will see me on city council floors. All right. Excellent. Well, we'll, we'll keep go. in touch with you. We'll get to the rest of the Thank story. So I want to see how it goes. I enjoyed this very, very much. Thank and you. I'll see you soon. OK, you take care, it. everybody. Have a great day. Okay, everybody. Bye-bye. That's Vicky Palladino, New York City Councilwoman, who's uh, out there giving them. As you can see, she's got a lot to say and she's got a lot of energy. Anyway, I've got more to say as well. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Rich Valdez, Talk Radio, twelve ten, WPHT. This is America. This is America. All right, Philly, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you chime in. I'll be uh, interacting during the break. And we just spoke with um, a New York City councilwoman who was going to be barred from voting, from doing her actual job that she was elected to do because 
she refused to test and show vaccine paperwork and whatnot and took a stand and was granted a waiver so she'll be allowed back on the floor. And it may not be a finalized decision yet, but they've come up with this interim agreement. So we'll keep uh, our finger on the pulse of that story as well. But a nine-year-old girl and five adults were arrested outside of New York's Natural History Museum for refusing to show COVID vaccine cards. And the people that watched this, and I saw this on social media, I had no idea what was happening. I just saw the raw video without the story. Uh, now in full context, I remember seeing the, the cops putting the girl in the police car and and people were screaming, saying it's a disgrace, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, man, this is a horrible, horrible scene. But five adult anti-vax mandate protesters were arrested and a nine-year-old girl was detained after staging the protest at the American Museum of Natural History. Now, again, I guess the other side of the coin here is going to be people saying, why do you take your kid to a protest if you know, you know, you have the propensity to get locked up? And maybe that was the point. Maybe they wanted the footage of a nine-year-old girl getting arrested so that they could make the case. I don't know. I wasn't there. I can just tell you this is not good PR for the NYPD. And not that they're in the business of getting good PR, but it's just not good overall. A kid going to a museum and being kicked out for not having a vaccine card. I mean, I think if you've ever been there, it's a huge place. There's a huge whale, like the one that Noah, uh, excuse me, Jonah was inside of, hanging from the ceiling there. I mean, it's massively large. Anyway, the video shows a sobbing nine-year-old girl named Jayla being escorted out of the museum on Wednesday night. Jayla was part of a group affiliated with the New York Freedom Rally, which has been staging protests against vaccine mandates throughout the city. This is coming to a uh, city near you, Philly, so watch out. Their arrest came uh, despite soaring crime levels in New York City and amidst criticism of the woke DA Alvin Bragg, who we talked about a little while ago. Anyway, there was uh, some additional stories here. Because, you know, there, there was a, a kid that was shot in the face in the Bronx. Um, just so much craziness. The woman, Michelle Goh, that was pushed off of the subway platform. I mean, so many things are happening. Kind of like, you know, New Jersey. You got all these problems all over the place. And Murphy decides to ban styrofoam peanuts or polystyrene or however that's pronounced. <laughs> I mean, this is just one of those things you got to think, man, what is it that we're doing here? And this is uh, this is that situation where we had this going on. So I think it's a uh, it's a sad state of affairs. You know, as uh, Bob Grant, one of my uh, radio heroes, would say, uh, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Now, speaking of going to hell, this person who did this probably should end up in hell. And I'll try to get through this um, in reasonable time. If I have to hold it over, I will. But it's that story that's in People magazine. And it's you know it's all over, honestly, for the last couple of days about this woman that was beaten to death with a pipe. I mean, this is just surreal to me. Now, the guy from Pennsylvania was charged with murder after a woman was beaten to death inside an office building. On Wednesday around 2.15, Jeffrey Stepien, or maybe it's Stepien, allegedly attacked Samantha Mag, double A-G, M-double-A-G, and beat her to death while she was sitting at the reception desk on the eighth floor of a building in the uh, old historic Philly neighborhood. Ay, ay, ay. Wow, it's just horrible. Now, per the outlet that reported this, he attacked her from behind, striking her in the head numerous times with a pipe. She was taken to a nearby hospital where she was pronounced dead. The attack reportedly captured on surveillance video oh, was... Um, referred to by the police, the responding officers at the scene saw Stepien leaving an elevator covered in blood and stopped him. When they searched his bag, they found two pipes covered with blood. 
What a whack job, this guy. Court records obtained by People Magazine, of all places, that's where I'm reading the story, show that this gentleman's, uh, this individual, Stepien, was arraigned on Thursday morning. He was charged with the murder and possession of an instrument of crime with intent. He was also denied bail and is scheduled to appear in court on February 7th. Well, thank God he was denied bail because nowadays it's like, oh, you beat a woman with a pipe in the head? She's dead? All right. Listen, here's a desk appearance ticket. Sadly, it's that's where we've gotten. A representative for the uh, Defender Association of Philadelphia, which is representing Stepien, did not immediately respond to People Magazine's request. Of course not. What are they going to say? Before her death, Mog worked for Regis, a company that rents office space and co-working spaces. In a statement given to the Philadelphia Inquirer, the company spokesperson described the woman as one of their much-beloved colleagues. Mark Dixon, CEO of Regis's parent company, IWG, said in his own statement that the firm's sincerest and heartfelt condolences are going out to the family and friends and loved ones of that dear colleague who was tragically killed and lost her life. It's, uh, I mean, this is just one of those things where if you're like me, you're thinking, this woman, she could have been my mother, my sister, my anybody, my neighbor. And this is where we have arrived, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we are. Inflation through the roof, supply chain problems all over the place. And I mentioned I was going to get to that Biden story on supply chain, and I will. But Biden's not in good shape. People are looking at him to see how he's going to do. And I say people, I mean our international partners. We're going to look at Biden for leadership. I don't think we're going to get it. Are we going to look at him for weakness? I think we're getting a lot of it. And if it's not just weakness, it's just an unwillingness to play. He's just like, I'll say some words, but I won't take any action. And uh, I'll get into a story about the coffee shop because an interesting story that really brings to life the old adage that those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And when I went to get a, an espresso this morning, that came true. And it's not specific about the individual I'm going to speak about, but it is specific uh, to, to this story in many ways and to so many other stories because, sadly, we don't remember how things went in the past and we're going to end up repeating them. So there's a lot more to come straight ahead. Hour number three is on deck. I've got a bunch of audio that I haven't gotten to because I've been talking so much. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.